Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. Today, I am joined by a good friend in the industry, not only just a good friend in the industry, but now a co-worker and colleague here at Fantasy Pros. That is Pat Fitzmorris. He can be found on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. I was going to call you Fitz. I was going to introduce you like that, but then now your name in Slack is Pat. So now I'm kind of in this like weird, all right, do I, do I call you Pat? Do I call you Fitz? What do, what do I call you here? Oh, Fitz is just fine with me, Yates. And uh, thanks for having me on and great to be your teammate. I'm really excited about that and uh, really excited to talk Dynasty today. Yeah, of course, man. We are in the midst and like the thick of it with... Uh, with everything redraft, right? I'm writing the game plan. You're taking over the primer until tags comes back this year, which is just a huge undertaking. So I think I checked this, Pat. Last week, our combined articles, we wrote, I think, 40,000 words combined, <laughs> which is what tags would typically do in one week. So uh, yeah, we're we're trying to do the best we can here. But yeah, 40,000 words just on week two alone. And we're taking a little bit of a pause here and talking about some dynasty. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind everyone that we have a giveaway going on here, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. That is a Javante Williams signed helmet giveaway. To enter this giveaway, all you have to do is go over to Apple Podcast or CastBox, leave a review for the show, and then head over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there and attach a screenshot of your review to be entered. And that is for a Javante Williams signed helmet giveaway. All right, Pat, let's talk about week two here and what happened in the NFL landscape and how that translates over to dynasty fantasy football. So let's talk about some sell high players here. And not all these guys are going to pan out. You know, I wanted to take like we're in week two of this now. I did this show last week with uh, with Travis May and I talked about some sell high players. Mine were Tyler Lockett, which 
okay, kind of feeling bad about that call right now because he's still he's still performing extremely well. But then guys like Jamal Williams and Leonard Fournette were players that I pointed out that we might, we might want to take advantage of what they did here in week one. Let's now turn it to week two. Who is the first player that you want to highlight for selling high in dynasty leagues? If you want to catch a really big fish, uh, you need to use some pretty substantial baits. And I think Nick Chubb might be a good guy to try to use um, because he is just looking so good right now. He's averaging 6.8 yards per carry. And we know that rushing efficiency is kind of his calling card. His career average is 5.3 yards per carry. Um, Obviously, 6.8 is a a small sample size uh, fluke, but you know, this is the kind of thing he does. He's going to look really good, of course. Um, but he's 25. He's going to be 26 in December. Um, he's got the knee injury history. And we saw Todd Gurley, another former Georgia star, quickly, mm. quickly fall off the map. Uh, you know, not that I think that's going to automatically happen with Nick sure. Chubb, but I think there's a risk there. And at 26, I mean, frankly, you're you're coming down the, the downslope on the uh, career arc. So uh, another thing, I mean, he's averaged 1.9 catches a game over his career. That works out to like 32 or 33 a year. So he doesn't really move the needle as a pass catcher. And, you know, Kareem Hunt is around for another year at least. Uh, he's under contract through 2020 with the Browns. So um, yet, you know, Chubb has that, that cachet as a, a top 10 running back. People are always going to want that. People who are going for a title this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're an immediate contender, I don't know that you want to be looking to sell Nick Chubb. But if you feel like maybe this isn't your year and you want to start building and he happens to be one of your core players right now, he'd be really attractive to other teams in contention. And I think you could get some nice young pieces, some draft capital. Um, you know, he's he's that is bait that you can catch a lot with. Oh, for sure. And I guess my question to you would be like, if you you're talking about selling high on Nick Chubb, <clears throat> I guess it's a little bit different between redraft perspective and then also dynasty because in redraft, it would be okay. You're selling high and you're going after one of the like top five at the position, right? Because Nick Chubb, I think was a low end RB one in my pre-draft rankings. I think at, off the top of my head, I think he was around there for you too. So it's like, yes. are you maybe going after an Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara, but in dynasty, especially with the angle that you mentioned there, are, are you looking to trade like sell high and then trade for multiple assets to kind of balance out your roster, particularly if you aren't a contending team this year, or are you still trying to maybe see, okay, if I sell Nick Chubb, can I maybe get an Alvin Kamara or, you know, one of those top tier assets in fantasy, which way would you exactly be looking to do that? I think if you're not contending and you have Chubb, you're looking for multiple assets. Um, Young say like Terrace Marshall and, uh, you know, a couple of future picks, like a first rounder next year, maybe maybe two firsts, like 2022 mm-hmm. and 2023 firsts. Um, yeah, calibrating that would be interesting, but I think it would definitely, if you're selling him to a contending team that's not going to want to give up pieces that are immediately valuable to them, it's probably easiest to do it for a lot of... Uh, a combination of picks and young players. But I think sure. you could get a pretty nice basket of picks and young players for a player as good as Chubb. Yeah, you definitely can. If that is the direction that your dynasty team is heading, where you are most likely not 
going to compete, be able to compete for a title this year than trading him away for multiple assets there and, and selling him for a premium value right now, because Nick Chubb is kind of the same way that we talk about Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry. Okay. The, the volume is there, but then it's Nick Chubb or with Derrick Henry, you've got to rely on that volume with Nick Chubb. It's okay. The volume might actually not be there, but the efficiency is just stupid, ridiculous. Like at some point it's got to come down just like Derrick Henry's volume, but it hasn't up to this point of his career. So you can still get a supreme package for Nick Chubb if you are not a contending team this year and trading him off to be able to get some some uh, young assets there. I'm going to go I'm going to stick with the running back position for my first for my first player and that's Tony Pollard for me. Now this one could absolutely come back to bite me because what we saw from Tony Pollard in week 2 was incredible. Like he looked dynamic, explosive. He looked like the better running back on the field in Dallas, but we do still have a significant financial commitment to Ezekiel Elliott from this team here in Dallas. So Tony Pollard is never going to be this guy where he moves into the territory of a top 12 dynasty running back, at least to the point when he is still in Dallas and Ezekiel Elliott is still healthy. But I think based on the performance and what we saw from Tony Pollard in week two, I think that you can sell him off and you can get a more proven running back asset or maybe a significant contributor at wide receiver like these are the situations where I'm looking to take a depth running back on my dynasty roster hopefully you weren't going into the season relying on Tony Pollard as like your RB2 or something like that but to be able to take that depth piece who does still have like who he's going to be able to contribute week in and week out provide you flex value and then does have some upside if something were to happen to Zeke but to be able to take that depth piece and trade them away for a more proven and reliable asset. That is the way that I want to approach playing Dynasty. So if I've got Tony Pollard on my Dynasty rosters, one, I'm I'm perfectly fine to just sit there and hold on to him. But I do think that you are going to have some people who are starting to panic on guys like maybe Najee Harris. Like even though they spent the number one overall pick, it has not been great for Najee Harris right out of the gate. Or maybe a Miles Sanders. Now, Chris Carson, one of these other running backs that I do feel a little bit more confident in what they provide to me week in and week out. So Tony Pollard is the name that I want to bring up here right at the top. And don't even forget the Ezekiel Elliott uh, owners who might be anxious to get that insurance. Uh, as good right. as Pollard has looked, and I, I like that you mentioned him, Yates, because he is a guy who has people salivating with the way he's looked the first couple of weeks. But as you mentioned, it's going to take some sort of fundamental change in his situation, a Zeke injury or eventual free agency for him to land in a different spot to get, you know, fully have that clear runway to RB1 yep. or RB2 value. And, um, you know, the, the thing I think people forget sometimes when guys get limited exposure like this and look great, I mean, I almost compare it to baseball with a relief pitcher who can come in and pump a hundred mile an hour fastballs because he's only doing it for 20 pitches. Right. Yep. Whereas Zeke is the, you know, still the guy who is, is getting, the bulk of the workload and, um, you know, maybe it looks a little different when Pollard's role is expanded and there's more exposure and he's handling more snaps. Sometimes we see that. I mean, I, Kenyon yep. Drake is the example who comes immediately yep, exactly. to mind as a guy, you know, remember all the free Kenyon Drake talk? Well, they eventually freed him and, uh, you know, no one was really excited when we saw what happened once he was freed. So uh, not that I'm knocking Pollard. I think he's a terrific talent. And I just happen to have him on quite a few of my dynasty teams, but I, I like your call on this one. Yeah. It's all about taking what, you know, where his situation he's currently RB 37 in our dynasty ECR. 
And I think that you can move him now for some of those guys that I talked about. A Chris Carson, who's all the way up at RB20, Miles Sanders, RB18. Like, you can make that switch, and you're absolutely right. Just because he's incredibly efficient with the opportunity, the smaller opportunity that he's getting, doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to translate week in and week out, or then to when he does get an increased role somewhere else, that that's going to, you know, that type of efficiency is going to continue. Let's go to your second player here, Pat. Who is Who are you looking to sell high on this week? Mike Evans coming off the two touchdown performance. And that is my concern here, Yates, that uh, Evans has become so touchdown dependent. Um, and part of it is is this abundance of other quality targets around him. I mean, Chris Godwin, who for my money is the, the best receiver in Tampa right now. Um, you know, and Godwin's going to be a free agent next year, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they decided to franchise tag him because I think he's, uh, you know, good enough to earn that. They've got Antonio Brown. They're throwing to Gronk still. I mean, even the depth on this receiver uh, in this receiver core with Tyler Johnson, like a guy I really like. So, yeah, um, Evans is 28. We've maybe seen some bigger receivers not age well. Like, I mean, it seems like the smaller types, the the Steve Smiths, the Isaac Bruce's, those guys have like very productive years well into their 30s. But, you know, we saw Des Bryant disappear basically oh, at, disappear. at age 30. Yeah, right. It totally hit the wall. Uh, maybe we're already seeing that with Michael Thomas. So I don't think those guys age quite as well. And, you know, I don't want to discard it. A guy who is uh, who's coming to the league and rattle off seven straight thousand yard seasons, but I think the yardage is going to be tougher to come by for him. And we just barely saw him clear the thousand yard bar last year. Uh, he's not off to a good start there this year. I, I think it's like what seventy some yards through two games. Um, and we also don't know what the future of the quarterback position is in Tampa. I mean, maybe Tom Brady can keep uh, performing well into his 50s at this pace. But uh, right. <laughs> eventually, you would think uh, there's going to be some sort of changing of the guard there. So I think this is kind of a good time to um, sell while you can. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement here with Mike Evans. Uh, he's a player that we actually just did the rest of the season like redraft show. We just finished recording that over on the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. And Mike Evans was my sell high wide receiver because I don't want to live with this inconsistency, right? A player who is, yes, immensely talented, but when he is so touchdown dependent, that is not a, a, a piece that I want to have as a cornerstone of my dynasty roster. So if I've got Mike Evans and I am looking like I'm trending towards being a re rebuilding team, then Mike Evans is for sure a sell for me. I really just don't want to live with that kind of up and down. And to illustrate your point, Pat, he is currently on pace for 841 receiving yards and 17 receiving touchdowns. So that is where he is living right now. And the yardage, you know, it's a 17 game season too. So again, that's a per game pace. You know, we don't, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like at the end of the year, but we don't know right now if he's going to clear a thousand yards. And for a player who you're viewing as a wide receiver one or wide receiver two for your dynasty roster, that's just not where I want to be personally. I'm going to go to the running back position here for my second player. Uh, go back to the running back position. I'm going to go with Zach Moss. Zach Moss coming off a two touchdown performance here this past week uh, in an absolute just routing of Miami Dolphins. Uh, 35 nothing was the final score there. Zach Moss scratched in week one. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what exactly that situation was with Zach Moss in week one? Because I still have not heard anything. 
So I think he was recovering from some sort of minor ailment towards the end of training camp. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just, I know that McDermott had that weird comment about, uh, you know, numbers. It was a numbers thing. Like, I don't know what that meant. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, hard to say, but I, I think it was more a, a physical injury thing rather than Moss being in the doghouse or falling out of favor. Sure. Sure. So with Zach Moss, though, I mean, he has a great game. It looks great from the fantasy points column on your, uh, you know, in your platform. But then you look at only eight rush attempts on the on the game. And that was with, you know, them draining the clock towards the entire last the latter half of the game. So with Zach Moss, this is a situation. This is a backfield. There's a few of them that I just do not want any pieces of. One of them is Tampa Bay. Could be great. It's a great offense. It could be a great backfield to have pieces of. But the usage there is too unpredictable, and it's the same way with Buffalo. I am taking this opportunity to ship Zach Moss off of my dynasty rosters, and I am avoiding the headache moving forward because next week we could see him end up with six carries and no touchdowns. And at that point, he is just completely useless for your fantasy roster, especially with him splitting time with Devin Singletary. So, yeah, I just do not want... Uh, Zach Moss on my dynasty rosters. I will move. I will take this opportunity from it. Like Mike Evans, a two touchdown performance to move him off my rosters. If there's any sort of workload split in Buffalo, you cannot start those players in most yep. leagues just because uh, Josh Allen takes so many of the, the rushing touchdowns in that offense. Yep. And if you've got two guys dividing it, I mean, we saw Moss score twice last week, but I think that is going to be a rarity in this backfield. Yep, exactly. All right, let's go to your final sell high player. Uh, the window is closing fast here, Yates, on Robbie Anderson. Uh, yep. So far, four catches on nine targets, 95 yards and a touchdown, but we saw him get 57 of those yards and the touchdown on a single play uh, where he was basically uncovered and running free in the secondary. Coming off the 95 catch, 136 target, almost 1,100 yard season, uh, I think people were still a high on him, losing sight of the fact that last year... After he'd been basically a vertical receiver with the Jets his whole career, he came in and was sort of that proxy for Christian McCaffrey after yep. after CMC got hurt, catching the much shorter routes. Like his average depth of target just plummeted, uh, and he turned into this possession guy, and it really worked for him last year. But the role has totally changed. I mean, DJ Moore is, is clearly the guy here. Like DJ Moore is just so insanely yep, talented. And then they've got McCaffrey back as that safety valve for Darnold, and that sort of leaves Robbie in no man's land. Plus, he has Terrace Marshall coming up fast behind him. So, um, you know, see if you can sell while you can. Remind people that uh, Robbie played for Matt Rule at Temple and, uh, you know, <laughs> that they've got this bond and, uh, you know, maybe you can still coast a little bit off last year's stats. But I think now is the time to get out. What's the lowest point that you'd be willing to sell Robbie Anderson for, Pat? Is it like a, you know, a 2022 late second, a 2022 third round pick? Like, what's that lowest point for you? That's about it. I mean, I would take a, a 2022 second for him in Superflex right now in a heartbeat. And, yeah. uh, you know, even if it was a team that had maybe started 2-0 and and might be looking at a later second round pick, I think I'd take it. Yep. I'm in agreement there. All right, let's go to uh, my final uh, sell high player. It's Damian Harris for me. And Damian Harris is an incredibly talented running back. I made the comment recently that, you know, if Damian Harris was on a different 
roster, and this was while we had Ramondre Stevenson at least active, I made the comment like he would be potentially a top 10 fantasy football running back if he was on a different roster here. But with him being a New England Patriot running back, this is a situation that we know has caused headaches for fantasy managers for years. We've still got James White involved here, JJ Taylor. I think Ramondre Stevenson will become active here at some point once he's out of the doghouse. Like, what is the situation here? What's the upside for Damian Harris? And last week was a very, very positive game script. You're not going to find many games where the New England Patriots are getting the ball after four interceptions from the opposing team. You know, like they were just able to lean into their run game and and coast off of Damian Harris. So even though he is an incredibly talented running back, I think we are at the point with Harris where we can sell him off for one of those top tier fantasy football running backs right now in dynasty. Like I think a trade that could actually work is with Antonio Gibson, like Gibson right now, even though he is incredibly valued, I think that that is a trade that people will consider in some dynasty leagues because Gibson has had a slow start to the season. Damian Harris has really just come on really, really nicely here to start the year. So that is a trade that we could potentially see maybe even an Austin Eckler, right? As he's a little bit older, but only 26 still for Austin Eckler. I think that these kind of trades can be made right now, and I would take the other side of it. So Damian Harris is my final sell-high player. Let's go over to the buy lows. Uh, Let's go to your first player here that you were looking to buy low on in Dynasty Leagues. Chase Claypool. uh, Hope that he is uh, concerning his fantasy managers because of the target competition he faces and because Big Ben is so obviously in decline and, and the state of that offensive line. It's just kind of a dysfunctional passing game right now but I mean Claypool just turned 23 he's he's 6'4 238 with 4'4 speed just a physical monster Um, and even with this sort of target pressure I mean he's had very uh, adverse circumstances this these first couple of weeks I mean he drew Tredavious White in week one and still managed to get 45 receiving yards, including one on a very acrobatic catch where he basically just reached over White for a nice uh, 25-yard grab. I think he added 25 rushing yards that game. So, like, he still got uh, 70 yards in a tough matchup. He still got 70 yards this past week, only even though he only caught three of nine targets. Uh, Like, I just think this guy's a a star in the making. And if you can get a discount now while people are seeing him get out-targeted by Deontay Johnson every week and some weeks by Juju too, I think it's a good time to go after him because I do think this guy can be a cornerstone for your dynasty franchise. Well, Pat, we are in agreement here. I've got Chase Claypool on my list as well for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. I mean, this guy is just a, a, a stud. And we had, it's so funny to remember back to the pre-draft process and we were like, okay, is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Like we were we were having those kind of conversations and last year he just exploded. I was expecting a massive jump here in year two for Claypool. It hasn't happened so far, but we're still seeing the flashes. We're still seeing the potential. And if this offense can at least figure things out and get back to being, I don't know, adequate, average, like then at that point, we've got Claypool returning weekly wide receiver to value because of his talent. And I think the touchdowns will come back. So Claypool, absolutely on my list there as well. Who is your second by low player? Well, it's uh, you are a Bears fan. I'm a Packers fan. We are on opposite sides of this storied Midwestern NFL rivalry. Uh, but in the spirit of goodwill, I am going to come to you with Cole Komet, uh, right. who has now completely shoved aside Jimmy Graham, 
who was uh, standing in his way as a rookie. His snap shares have been 70 to 75% these first couple of weeks, and he's been relatively quiet so far. He did a decent game in week one, and then I believe only one target, no catches in week two. Uh, I think there might have been one reception called back by penalty, but we love this guy's athleticism. He's 22. And he just looks the part, man. He's fierce with the ball. I love him after the catch. And we're about to see this changing of the guard to Justin Fields, uh, who I think is going to like throwing to Komet. Right now, there's not a lot of depth in the Bears receiving core. It's Robinson and Mooney and pretty much nothing else. Um, And last year at Ohio State, in just five games, uh, Justin Fields found his big tight end, Jeremy Ruckert, for five touchdowns. So I think Komet's going to be a favored red zone target for him for uh, years to come. And I, I really like the upside here with Komet going forward. Yeah, it's interesting with Komet coming into the year, I was a little bit lower on him just because, okay, what's Jimmy Graham is still on this roster, right? And you look at the cap investment, the salary cap investment into Graham and you're like, okay, well, he's going to be involved. You know, you don't pay that much money to a tight end to just sit on your on your bench. Well, apparently the Chicago Bears do because Cole Komet has 98 total snaps through two weeks. Jimmy Graham, 36. So this is completely Cole Komet's team. Now, just did not have a good week here in week two, like you mentioned, did not was barely involved. But I think that we are going to see that change moving forward in week one. He was heavily involved. So I think that this was just kind of a fluke game. If you can use this opportunity to buy low, I think that you take it. I'm going to stick with the Chicago Bears, though, and I'm going to go with a player that I think this is your last chance to buy. Uh, before we see Justin Fields completely take over. And you're going to have to pay up just a little bit because he did have a good game here this past week, but that's Darnell Mooney. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I think you mentioned the the Chicago Bears receiving core. You got Allen Robinson, and then you've got Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. You know, Goodwin and Bird are not going to take away from the opportunity that Mooney has, especially when we see this offense open up with Justin Fields, which could be happening as soon as this week, right? You have Justin Fields potentially taking over as a starting quarterback, if Andy Dalton can't go with that bone bruise. So this is your last chance, I think, to buy Darnell Mooney because he has top 24 wide receiver upside with Justin Fields on the field. And I think this is, like I mentioned, your last chance to buy low. You're not going to be able to get him super cheap, but I do think that this is your last chance. Uh, Fields throws a gorgeous deep ball. And I can't wait to see Mooney on the... uh, the business end of some of these gorgeous rainbows that Fields throws, although hopefully they are not in games against the Packers yet. <laughs> well, you had uh, you've had Aaron Rodgers for the last what twenty years. I think that you can live <laughs> with one or two beautiful deep balls from Justin Fields here or there. Uh, let's go to your final buy low option, uh, Sam Darnold, and the the stock is quickly rising. Um, you know, maybe there are people, I don't know, Sam Darnold's uh, owners in your league who think. This would be a good time to sell high, but I I think it's a buy low opportunity. I mean, he is in just the right system, and we saw him totally hamstrung in the Adam Gase system for so long. And I think one example of that that I found sort of interesting is that right now his average depth of target is 7.5 yards, uh, which is kind of a manageable number. Like his Mm -hmm. rookie year was 9.3. Like Adam Gase was asking too much of him early in his career. And now he's in this beautiful system where he's got DJ Moore, this, uh, you know, terrific developing pure alpha receiver. He's got Christian McCaffrey as the easy outlet guy. He's got other tertiary targets and Robbie Anderson and, and Terrace Marshall. Like this is such a good spot for him. He's getting good protection. He's only been sacked three times so far and like 
76 dropbacks, which I is, think. Which is crazy because we thought that the Panthers' offensive line was a huge right. liability. Right, And I, I just think it's the design. Like, you go from, uh, you know, and I have used this analogy in other podcasts before of just, like, he was the stray dog, like, living on the streets, like the Adam Gase system, or, like, you know, it was, like, living in a junkyard, and right. he uh, finds the you know, kindly rescuers who take him in and feed him and clean him up. And now like what better system could you have? Like what two better people to be playing under than Matt Rule and Joe Brady? It's just such a good setup for him. Like I think Darnold is a guy we're probably going to be talking about in next year's fantasy drafts as like high end wider or high end quarterback too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny too. I made this point on a recent podcast saying like with Sam Darnold, he's still only two games into this system. Like he's still getting to learn it. And I think in week one, we saw really like a game manager, right? We just saw, okay, just get the ball out. Just kind of execute with week two. We saw him open things up just a little bit more. We saw the offense take another step forward. So it's like, even with Sam Darnold, I think that he has quarterback two viability in super flex formats here. I mean, moving forward, but then what happens when he gets even more comfortable in this system? I think that we really could see things truly take off and people who have Sam Darnold, they still have the perception that he is just a terrible quarterback because of what we saw underneath Adam Gase. I'm glad that you brought him up there. I'm going to go with my final player here. And this is not one that you are going to be able to just like get for a a super cheap option. No, you're going to have to pay up. But I do think that better days are ahead for George Kittle. George Kittle through two weeks has been just a disappointment. And this, quite frankly, this entire San Francisco 49ers offense has been a massive disappointment through two weeks. I think that we have... I don't know what is going on here with this offense. I don't know why they're not featuring uh, George Kittle. I don't know why they're not using Brandon Ayuk. I don't know why they didn't dress Trey Sermon in week one. I don't know what is going on here, but it's still George Kittle. And I think that people that are now 0-2 in your dynasty leagues that are starting to look to string together some wins, they might be a little bit more willing to let go of George Kittle than they were previously. So Kittle is one of those last players that I wanted to highlight to say, by low, it's not going to be truly low. You're going to have to pay up for him. But I do think that this is the opportunity to go acquire him. Whereas previously, there was no shot that you were going to be able to make an offer in your league that was going to be good enough for the dynasty manager to move off of George Kittle. I'm with you, man. The only other guy in the league tougher to bring to the ground on a tackle is probably Derrick Henry. And how are you not getting the ball in this guy's hands more? Right. Uh, especially when it's a very skinny usage tree in their target game you know it's, right. It, right now it's just been Debo dominating targets and uh if you know Ayuk is going to fall by the wayside you would think there would be plenty of room for Kittle to take over and this is a dude who's averaged 10 yards per target over the last three right. years that right. is an unbelievable figure and just you know speaks to what kind of player this is Absolutely. All right, let's move on here and let's uh, quickly talk about a dynasty waiver wire pickup, a guy that we believe is going to be on, you know, and leagues fluctuate in size. So this player might not be on your waiver wire, but if he is there, at least take a look. Who is the player that you want to highlight for a dynasty waiver wire pickup after week two? Well, thank you about uh, putting down the caveat for leagues fluctuating in size yates because this guy's <laughs> probably not going to be available in the 12-team, 28-man roster leagues. But um, And I'm being a homer here as a Wisconsin guy, but Quintez Cephas. And uh, we're recording this the 
day after the Packers-Lions Monday night game in week two, and uh, Cephas looked fantastic in that game. I mean, he is just... Uh, and this was despite some pretty good coverage in spots, but man, he almost made a catch for the ages. Oh, that catch. Uh, if he would have brought that down, that would have been insane. Yeah, this was a, would have been a one-hander with a guy draped all over him in the end zone, and he made an amazing effort on this. And this is what we saw at Wisconsin. Like, he is not a burner. He's, exactly. He doesn't have great speed. I mean, he ran like a really disappointing, like four, six something, 40 time at the combine, but he mm-hmm. just knows how to run routes. And you cannot press him like he is just way too strong and uh, like subtle and shifty for press coverage. And like, I think that's kind of the underrated asset for a young wide receiver, the ability to learn to beat press coverage and Cephas can do that. So I think he's the best receiver on the Lions roster right now. Yeah, it's like I think he's he's better than Amon Ra. Mm -hmm. I think he's better than Tyrell Williams, even though. Tyrell was kind of regarded as their one guy coming out of training camp. Like, I think Cephas is the man here, and I I would not be surprised if we get like a 60, 70 catch season from him this year. I absolutely loved Cephas's tape, and Tags was right there with me. Like, he and I both loved Quintus Cephas coming out of uh, of Wisconsin, and and he did run, I, th- I actually believe it was a 4-7 40-yard dash, which just absolutely crushed. You know, it just absolutely crushed his NFL draft stock. So he's kind of been having to claw his way and work his way back up depth charts and stuff like that. But the opportunity is absolutely there in this Detroit Lions offense. So yeah, he is a guy, if he is available on your, in your dynasty league, make sure that you go pick him up. I'm going to go a little bit further down here and I'm going to go to a player that if you are in need of a tight end, then you need to be looking at at least looking at Max Williams, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Max Williams has been a guy that I've had my eye on for the past couple of years saying like, I think if he was in a different offense, we might actually be talking about him as a potentially viable fantasy asset week in and week out. Now, the Arizona Cardinals, they just they do not use their tight end historically. That just has not been a part of the Cliff Kingsbury offense. But last week, seven for 94, I believe off the top of my head, like he was a key part of this offense. So he is a player that I don't know if he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to see three targets next week. I really don't know. I I don't know what the usage in this offense is going to be, but if you are in need of a tight end, he is available in your league. So uh, I would definitely be looking at him to go and pick him up if you are in need of tight end help. All right, Pat, any closing words here before we get out? Uh, that's about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great doing the show with you. I like that Max Williams call, by the way. He was a star at the University of Minnesota. So um, and, and maybe he might just convince cliff to find a role for the tight end in that offense but great doing the show with you and uh you know i look forward to uh eventually popping in again yeah for sure all right that'll do it for today's episode make sure to tune back in next week as we recap week three for pat's bits morris i'm kyle yates and we'll talk to you next time thanks for listening to the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast follow us on twitter and instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts a rested child is a happy child Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. 